to Childhood Trash, a dumpster dive into our childhood nostalgia where we re-examine some of the most influential media from our youth and ask the question, tragic or nostalgic? I'm your host, Pia LaPlaca, joined by my co-host, Maggie Keating. Hey Maggie, how are you? I'm really excited today, Pia. I am so excited because today we will be interviewing Julie Sherman Wolf. This is a big deal for us. This is such a big deal. She has played such an important role in creating some of our favorite childhood shows and movies. You might have heard of a few. She's written for Phil of the Future, Jonas, Third Rock from the Sun, and so many other things, but obviously most notably, Avalon High. (laughs) We're really excited to talk to her today. We're really excited to hear from her and get to share that interview with you guys. So without further ado, listen to the interview. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We're really excited to talk today. Yeah. So I hope I can remember all this. Yeah, yeah. we recently recapped that one a couple months ago, and we were so shocked that you responded. We were so excited. Yeah, Yeah, it actually works out. Sometimes I just like I don't. I actually don't. I get a lot of messages, but I don't know. I just like saw your guys's and thought, you know, I. It's like it's kind of weird to me that. I know the age range of people who watched Avalon High and like were super into it. And now that the fact that you're all kind of like in college makes me feel sort of it's cool, but also I feel old. But those are the two things. Oh, oh my god! At the same time, but it's just funny because um, I did so much of the Disney children's TV world, and now I'm just kind of I'm so I'm sort of like sort of out of that world and doing other stuff. It just I, I you know it's kind of fun to sort of dive back in and talk about it a little bit. So. Yeah, we're so excited. Well, we wanted to start off with like kind of your origin story, how you got started with writing, you know, if you always knew you wanted to be the screenwriter icon that you are. Oh my God. (laughs) Actually, um, this is a not bad story because it happened, right? I I don't know what year you guys are in. I'm Um, and I'm a freshman. Um, Okay. I was always a writer. I was always like a writer, but I just, this is like, God, I'm aging myself again. This is like pre kind of internet, like the way we all know the internet. So like, there wasn't a lot of access to the this world. Like you would never just be able to learn about how to become anything just by going online. It was way more labor intensive. So I just found out, I didn't know about, I never thought about writing for TV or film, even though I loved it all. I just never thought that that was something that I could do. It just never occurred to me. I'm from San Francisco. I went to school in San Diego and was a communications major. And I was just a writer and I was going to actually be a sports writer, um, like a, sports journalist and um but then at the same time I was doing stand-up comedy and improv and all that kind of stuff so what happened was I graduated from college and I got a job as a copywriter which was great and I really liked it in an advertising agency and it was kind of a layoff times in the 90s and I got laid off um because I was the last one hired first fired that's how they do it so I got laid off and at the same on the exact same day I got dumped by my college boyfriend so I'm like 20 I think I was like 24 years old or so and um those two things happened but I was supposed to go do stand-up that night and I was thinking like do I really want to deal with you know going on at 11 30 at night which is when I would go on and do all that and I'm like ah fine I'll just go so I went down there and I kind of wrote a whole new set sort of based on what had happened that day and then afterwards this guy came came up to me and he's like wait so you're a chick I mean like yeah you're a chick and you're a writer and you're really funny like why aren't you in LA writing sitcoms and it was just that moment of total like huh yeah that's probably what exactly what I should be doing like I just had that moment of total epiphany and I basically just like 
you know, I waited tables for six months, just saving up, moved to LA, lived right off Sunset Boulevard where my neighbors were like drug dealers and the Russian mafia and hookers. (laughs) I didn't have to be a hooker. I was a waiter again. Um, And then I just kind of like figured out through bulletin boards. This is how long ago you had to fax your resume and have a pager. And there's these bulletin boards, which is basically Reddit, but not as not as well done. It's, it was just like, it's just very rudimentary. And I found out that there's a job called writer's assistant. So I sent my resume all over town and I got, because I was an editor of the college newspaper, I had copy, like kind of copy editing experience. And that's all a writer's assistant really is, is that you're in there and you're typing scripts. At that time, a lot of the writer's rooms though, didn't have the computers in the room and everything was handwritten. So you're literally just handwriting people's notes all day long and then trying to type it into the script later. It sucked. So I got two interviews. One was for Frasier, which it was, and, and then, but they wanted like a secretary, you know, with a, you know, her with a beehive haircut and glasses and could do shorthand. Like they wanted a secretary. Um, and then I got, um, what was that first show? Oh, Dweebs. It never even aired. It was, it, it didn't even make the air, but that's the show I ended up on. And that just sort of like got me in the door and I started making connections and I got, made friends with like a junior agent and she's still my agent. So it's been like 25 years. So she's now an actual agent at at a big agency. And we kind of just went our way together. Um, But then that's kind of how it started. So I did the sitcom thing. And then, like you said, like third rock, but then I started kind of getting into that Disney channel tween uh, genre, which I really enjoyed doing. And then when there was a, the strike happened in 2007, I started writing romantic comedy, which is my other favorite thing. And that kind of blew up and became what I'm actually doing now. And I sort of been doing that since like pretty much consistently since, I don't know, 2013 or so. So that's, that's where I'm at now, but yeah, that's super that's cool. Crazy. That's it. That's the story. So basically like, I always tell people like the worst day you could think like the worst day of my whole life is that I got fired, well, laid off and dumped ended up being like the thing that changed my whole life. Cause I didn't have anything keeping me in San Diego. Really. I, you know, if I'd still had a boyfriend and I was being stupid, I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to stay for my boyfriend. But I didn't because he's gone and you know, same with the job. So sometimes those things free you to go do whatever you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Both Pia and I are, we're both creative writing majors. So All right. it's, it's pretty yeah. cool to hear that. Yeah. So just, you know, I mean, you just never know where you just never know what that thing is. That's going to be the right, that the thing that turns you on the right path that you know, that's, so that's always my big lesson. I tell people when they ask me. Yeah. Um, I'm also wondering how you got involved with Avalon high specifically, like how were you approached and what was the process like, like in adapting Meg Cabot's right. novel and working with a co-writer? Um, so I didn't work with a co-writer. It was really, that's how this, that's a little secret in in LA where it depends on the writing credit. So I rewrote um, this, the, the first writer had been, had been um, hired to adapt the, the book. And sometimes if it just doesn't work out the way that they want, that the network wants it, they'll hire somebody to do a rewrite. So um, I actually was the rewriter of the first one, nothing against Amy, but oh wow, that's just how that works. So, I mean, it was really just, I, I really wrote that script. Oh my God. That's so interesting. It's like blowing we my shared credit, <laughs> But you share credit because it says like, if there's an ampersand next between two writers, that means they wrote it together. And if it says, and the word, and, um, it means that there was a separation there. Cause I, I'm actually doing one 
I'm doing a rewrite right now. Normally you would share credit 50, 50, um, <clears throat> in that in the case with the, uh, with Avalon high, that's what we did. Um, mainly because like a major story point that was changed from the book to the movie is something Disney wanted to do at the end. And that, yeah. and that was in the first script. And then that was in mine too, because that's what they wanted. Yes. So yeah. I might've gotten more, I might've gotten just like full teleplay credit if I hadn't, if that hadn't stayed there, but it, that was like their big twist that they changed that did piss off a lot of the readers, like Cabot readers, but you know, well, we <laughs> like, talked about that in our podcast. We, we talked about how we really liked the giving the main character role to a woman. We did like that. Yeah. I mean, that was the point. And it wasn't like, you know, we tried to make it, you know, we didn't want it to be like, so like in your face, we're doing a girl power movie, but it just, we wanted it to sort of just feel like it was natural that that would be the, the way it ended up. Um, definitely got a lot of people, you know, writing to me saying like, you know, you ruined my favorite book of my childhood and blah, blah, blah. And I'm always, I'm like, well, sorry, you know, like that's, that was Disney's idea and that's what they, and that's my job. And I'm, you know, I'm very sorry, but you know, you still have the book and your imagination. So like, I don't know, you know, I didn't know what else to say. It's funny because now I, you know, I think it's, it's funny that it's still out there. It's still on, you can still watch it now on Disney plus. Right. So that's pretty fun. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I did win an award for it, which is cool. Yeah, we just saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was good. A Writers Guild of America award. Yeah. That's actually, if you tilt up, it's that little, little that. See oh, that? That's, that's really it. Cool. So keep it out, you know. Oh, yeah. but probably, I'm not, listen, I'm not going to win a bunch of stuff for Hallmark Channel movies. It's probably not going to happen. I did, I do have one that's very dramatic, very unlike me coming out next year. Um, but I don't know when, so I can't, but that, if, if there was ever going to be one that would win anything ever again, it would be this one, but I, it's still probably not, but that's okay. I'm not in it. I'm not in it for that. That's yeah. the whole point. Honestly, was my whole goal starting out was to just make a living and be able to do that without having to do something else on the side. That's it. And I have, so it's super happy. I definitely feel that as, as a writer. Yeah. And you guys are going to have it. You, I mean, it's such a different thing now because I think you know the industry has changed so much since I started out and I'm sure it's going to be changing a lot just because of the way technology is advancing and like what is our job going to be is our job just going to be taking like a chat GPT script and making it sound like a person wrote it or because luckily for us I don't know if you guys do comedy but lucky for comedy writers uh chat GPT is not funny yet and doesn't know how to be funny Cause we did some, I was doing some experiments to see what would come up. If I said, write a romantic comedy, I actually told it to write a romantic comedy scene about two people camping where one of the campers has a broken leg. It was just a stupid thing. I just wanted to see like what it would do. And it, instead of comedy, it would just write um, like in the, in the uh, internals, it would be like smirking or like laughing. It would just, so the character would smirk or laugh or giggle, but the, the, the dialogue was never funny. So that's good. It's good for and us. it can't, it can't, it can't think of like, it can't be funny yet. Cause I think humor is such a um, complex thing in our brain that I don't, I still don't think AI is going to be able to do. Yeah. Yeah. Super I hope. Or else I'm retiring. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> True. <laughs> so with Avalon High, you obviously got that award. Were you also like able to be involved in the production side of things? Like, going um, not really. I mean, that's sort of the I mean, okay, like 
only because Hallmark's the thing I'm doing now, but like if I want to go to set for a Hallmark movie, I'm more than welcome to come down there and hang out and be part of it because it's fun to see your stuff come to life and go into production. But then ultimately after the first day, it's kind of boring because you're not doing anything. Yeah. You're, you're, you're done. I last time I will say this, I, I wrote a movie that aired last this past Christmas that had the Rockettes in it. It was this big, like giant production for Hallmark and we shot at Radio City and then something happened when we were shooting where I needed, they, they really did need like, oh no, this isn't going to work because of the, whatever reason we, we really need to rewrite the scene so that it works for this person. And so I happened to be there and I did it. So that was like a one, one time where, and I could have done it from home, but I was really happy that I was just there and I could just dash it off and like talk to the actor and talk to the director and stuff. But generally it's just not like, and they shot Avalon High in New Zealand yeah. and I'm, and I could have, I guess, I think, wait, you know what? I could have gone. I literally had just had a kid. Like I literally had a baby when I don't remember time of year, but, it, but he was a newborn. Like I, there, there was just no way I was going mm -hmm. like, like here's the, tell my husband, like, here's the baby. I'm going to go to New Zealand. So, yeah. um, but yeah, that's what I, that was really that's, cool. All the New Zealand stuff. We found that really, it was cool. I wish I had gone. I mean, it would have been a good excuse and I could have written it off, but <laughs> I'll get there. I'll get there eventually. So um, do you have any like specific memories from your time working on Avalon High, like uh, ideas with the script or anything like that? Yeah, because you made some pretty big changes that we love. Yeah. but Like, OK, well, give me an example and I'll see if I can remember what I did. Yeah. <laughs> any like um, other possible avenues you were thinking about or, or like, like characters that you really liked? So we really liked Miles. Um, oh, yeah. He's, like the main character's best friend. We loved him. Yeah. Lot. I mean, for me, it's just sort of. Whenever I adapt a book, it's hard to like use real dialogue from the actual book only because if if you were going to really adapt a book, start to finish and and keep all the dialogue and keep everything that happened, it would be Harry Potter. It would be an eight hour. The movie would be eight hours, just like an audio book is eight hours long or whatever. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't work. So I would generally create sort of the voice of that character and go with that. And so like with Miles, that was just sort of that was like they, the guy they cast was perfect for that. I loved it. I just loved everybody that they cast for these characters. The The funniest part, the only thing I thought was like hilariously not like didn't work was, was um the running scenes. Like was like, I don't think she yes! ever like jogged in her life. And it was just like, there's no way this person's a runner. Oh <laughs> my God. About that. Like I'm a runner. And I was like, I was like, she's striking too hard on her heel. She was just like, <laughs> Oh my God. We were laughing so hard. I couldn't. Uh, so I was just like, Oh, well, you know what? Nobody like, you know, I mean, you guys, it's funny now, but like at, at the time I was just like, no one's going to believe that this is a runner. I mean, for him. Yeah. Cause he's from England and he probably played soccer, but, um, but yeah. So like, I, I know that, um, you know, I, and I, I always, I always try and respect the author's work as much as I can. Like that's to me really important because it's not like, anything was wrong with the book. It just needed to have certain things done to it that made it more Disneyfied, you know, or Disney channel. And like, I think I can't remember, I feel like in the book, it might've been more mature. Some of the situation, the relationship situations, if I'm not mistaken, like it just, and the thing is when you're adapting a book um, like that and everything is internal, like there's so much, somebody's thoughts are all internalized. Right. But you can't do that in a movie and it's cheating. If you do voiceover or you know, exposition or like that is it's, it's cheap. It's a cheap way to get that. So 
Um, that's really the hardest thing is just getting getting that information out and you know without it being it's so much easier in a book, right? When you when you can just say what she's thinking, right? But because I don't write, by the way, I am a terrible like writer of fiction. Like I can't, I can't write a book. Like I'll never write a book. I was never good at writing short stories. Like my the entire when I write an outline for a movie, it's still super dialogue heavy and it's not very like and even the stage directions on a script where no one's reading that except for the crew. Um, I don't, I'm just, it's just not my best part. Like I'm really, dialogue is my thing and the rest of it's not. So like for you guys, I don't know what kind of writing you do, but you know, there's a definitely a difference. And everyone's like, oh, you can write a, you can write a book. Now I have a friend named Tracy Andreen who's written as many Hallmark movies as I have. And she also writes YA novels and is fantastic at it. I just don't, I just don't have that skill. I struggle with dialogue, so I. There you go. So now that might be an intent. Uh, um, if you ever wanted to write for film or TV, then that would be some something where you'd want to maybe have a writing partner because ultimately it's all in the dialogue. Because like this this movie I'm rewriting right now, the story idea is fine, but the dialogue was very on the nose and very stilted, and you just couldn't it didn't seem like a person is speaking. So that's why you have to have that strength. So, I mean, even in books, there's still, there's still dialogue, but I think that, I don't know what kind of writing you end up want to end up doing, but like some people have writing partners because of that, but I just don't, I, I just like, I'm a, I'm a lone wolf, not, not to make a pun on my name, but I like to write by myself. I like to keep my own schedule. I have, you know what I mean? I don't like to have to depend on anybody else's random stuff but if but if you're like a good collaborator with people like that I'm a good collaborator but I like to get my work done by myself so you know like in my little in my little space here yeah it makes sense yeah so well so moving off of Avalon High kind of what did you do after and how did that kind of like change or did it affect like what projects you chose later um it's sort of I think I did Avalon High and then I was the fill of the future maybe oh no wait what year was Avalon High? 20... 2010. 2010, 20... yeah. So I think, well, what happened was I had written that and then I had also written a movie for Lifetime that was a, just a romantic comedy. And then I ended up on a show called Life with Boys, which is the last sitcom I did. Um, and it was a cute show and everything, but it was kind of a, a little bit of a... Um, it was a little bit of an oppressive writer's room. It wasn't, it wasn't a great, it wasn't a lot of fun to be on that show. Um, so after that, I was like, you know, I think I might just be ready to just do these TV movies. And and I'm getting to the point where, you know, I had a baby at home and I just want to, I just working on series TV back in that time was, you know, writer's room, you're there till you're done. It could be really late hours. It could, you know, it's now it's a little bit different, I think, but um at that time, I just thought, okay, well, this is a pretty good time to transition. And I had sold two feature films to one to Disney and one to Paramount that were both romantic comedies. One of them is still kicking around. They always keep saying they're going to make it and then nothing happens. But um, so that happened. And then so I had all these samples now of romantic comedies and I kept trying to get into Hallmark, but it's, it's actually kind of hard to get into there um, and just get in that door and get your first shot there. And so it took a while. And then I finally got in like 20, yeah, 20. 14 or so um and that just felt right to me and I really enjoyed writing them and then that just kind of became a thing and now I've written like 25 of those so 
I that's pretty much my my gig now, and I'm probably gonna do it until they till they stop hiring me, which I hope doesn't happen. But um, you know, it's good. It's a good thing. It's it's security that you don't. I never take for granted, but you don't normally have. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, um, for you guys, you know, it's changed so much. Like it used to be, you'd have sort of a you try to have a long career at one thing, but I just don't think it's like that anymore. I think it's sort of gig to gig kind of a thing. So this is, I'm very lucky to be doing what I'm doing right now. I don't know how it's going to look, but I mean, there's so many opportunities for writers, but then at the same time, the reason we're probably going on strike in a month is that because is that we're kind of getting, we're getting a little bit screwed on the finance side by like, like all the streamers and all that kind of stuff. So we're fighting for you guys. <laughs> so when I go on strike, I'm coming up to Boston and you guys are going to have to buy me like a bagel because I'm going to be like bored and Bagel's making fun. money. <laughs> like a lobster roll okay yeah well I mean I'm in Connecticut so you know I'm like <laughs> so that was the thing I also moved um I left LA are you guys planning on like going to New York or LA after college do you think or probably yeah so I mean you you definitely want to do that but you don't it's not as important as it used to be but it's definitely better to be where everything's happening but it's less important than it used to be so don't feel like you can't do it if you don't live there but um, you know, I was able to move here because I was ready to do, we wanted to live in New England and and we love it here. And and I, just because of the way Hallmark was working out, I never saw them anyway. I literally never saw, went there in person unless I was having, just for fun, having lunch with everybody. It was always sort of online or on calls. So I'm like, well, I don't need to be here. So we, so it was like five years ago, we moved out here, but I love it. Yeah, it's nice up here. Are you from, are you guys from the East Coast? I'm from upstate New York. I'm from yeah. Okay, see, so you guys probably hate it, but I love it. <laughs> no, 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 we still I do love really it. like it. Yeah. yeah. I I do uh, wonder if you could speak a little more on like the writer's room dynamic though of those like children's sitcoms. Maybe well, like- it it it's not it's not even about the the topic of the the show. It's really the showrunner and sort of the vibe that they bring to the writer's room. So, when we did Phil of the Future, it was so fun because it was just a really really good group of writers. And the showrunners were really open to ideas and they were really, it was just really collaborative and I'm still pretty close with them. And um, we just had a great time. Like the more you're laughing in a writer's room, the better. We had a really, really good time. We had a lot of fun kind of putting, seeing how far we could go, putting sort of adult humor in as a joke. Like there was one script, we did this huge drug reference in an episode that was like, I cannot believe made it. It was all about um, when they first came to the future and they found tinfoil in a drawer they were giving diamonds were worthless. So they were trading diamonds for tinfoil. It's like, do you have a no, you know, do you know how much the street value of this tinfoil is? And like acting like it was cocaine. And we did that and it totally went through. And then there was one where basically like they ate a cookie that had a lot of sugar in it or something, and they were like high or drunk. And then they, there's a whole episode where they were basically stoned, but we couldn't, but we didn't say that. <laughs> Wait, so that's so funny. People actually do that. So we're not crazy when we yeah. think like that those references are actually real. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I mean, it's just, we, we see how far we can go because I always thought for me that you're also writing for the parents that are watching with the kids. Um, I don't think I did it in Avalon high as much. It's just in the sitcoms, but um, that was always the kind of the fun thing like bluey, by the way, which I love that show bluey on it's for kids for little kids. It's adorable. Um, we watched it cause I wanted to know what everybody was talking about. Cause everyone's like, with all my friends that have little, little kids are like freaking out, obsessed about Bluey the way we were with like, my kid was with like imagination movers and um, 
Peppa Pig. So I'm watching it and I'm like, this show's really funny because it's almost kind of subversive the way it has so much adult humor in it for the parents that the kids would never get. And I love that. That makes me laugh so hard. That's um, one thing we've noticed going back and watching all these old TV shows for our podcast is how much humor we missed when we were younger. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, did you ever like watch Grease when you were little and then watch it again when you were adult and like go, oh my God, they were totally talking about like, like pregnancy and have, and like that whole, and Wella Wella, uh, that whole song was all about just like him saying that he was like having sex with her and her saying, oh my God, it was so romantic. And him basically saying, yeah, like I totally banged this girl on the beach. Yeah. And like, <laughs> you can't even, and then I finally watched it again when I, when I was an adult, I'm like, oh, you know. It's a whole different movie. <laughs> yeah. We have to wrap up soon because our meeting is, is gonna close it's gonna expire but um we wanted to let you have the opportunity to plug any of your stuff that you're working on right yeah. now oh my god well you know what I, I can't even say anything I have like so much stuff I'm not allowed to say what they all are <laughs> anything that just came out yeah it's all hallmark. it's all hallmark I was I all my stuff that just came out was Christmas I have I think I have a couple of fall movies coming out yeah. but he is a big I, Christmas like, person I'm so happy that like I got to talk to you about the hallmark stuff it's um the uh the Rockettes one and the Hanukkah one were last year. I I I loved both of those dearly. So hopefully this year will be fun too. But um but yeah, I have like a fall movie that is kind of coming out that's kind of to do with like PTA like mom stuff. So probably not your jam yet. But yeah, but I mean I'll put it on my Instagram about like what is coming up. But um but you guys uh. Did you I, now once we're I know we're wrapping up, but I have questions for you guys. Well, anyway, well, good luck. If you guys have any uh if you need anything, have any questions, let me know. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. You're, You're so really welcome. Yeah. My yeah. pleasure. Thanks for helping me procrastinate for half an hour. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for all right. All right. All right. We'll see you around. Bye. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Childhood Trash. You can follow us at Childhood Trash Pod on Instagram. You can follow Pia at Pia LaPlaca. And you can follow Maggie at Maggie and Keating. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye. Bye.